Night tonight. Why not? He'll make you think. I think I'm going to break protocol here, though. He'll make you laugh. Is it conceited of me? Because, I mean, I'm puffing my chest out a little bit. And he lives for a take that'll make you do both. He says things I can't say. Nothing tops overtime, whether it's on the field or on the air. People don't forget. It's time for Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. And welcome on in. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterman. Glad you guys could be with me here on this Wednesday. The answer is simple. Ken asked a question. Usually we react to Ken and Anthony and the fan focus. That'll be at 10 o'clock tonight, by the way. 9 o'clock, we got the dangerous one, Daryl Ryder. But the answer is simple. The reason why you go up there, if you're Will Smith and you publicly slap Chris Rock at an award show is because you got to make the farce seem real. You got to you got to make it seem like you haven't been estranged for 7 years and you still are madly in love and you're just in an open relationship. That's what all the rumors are about with Jada Pinka Smith and that other man. It's just an open relationship. Anybody questioning that is just the idiot. That's that's what they got to you know put out there at least, right? That's all it is. It's all an act. It's fugazi. It means nothing. But you shouldn't let the news today that they were talking about distract you in any sort of way. You shouldn't let that get uh, you hot and bothered in any sort of way. Not that they were hot and bothered about it, but now I'm getting hot and bothered talking about it. And the reality is, and just, just being truthful about it, it's all an act. Hey, Hollywood uh, and actors make sure that they finish off the play and finish off the act. Keller me surprised. But, yeah, that's that's all that is. There's nothing else beyond that. All right. We're taking an abrupt left turn from that conversation. I'm going to tell you somebody that I don't think is putting on an act, but I wish he would a little bit better. Kevin Stefanski came out today, and in case you have not caught any Browns news at all today, you have been living under a Browns rock. You have not figured anything out. I'm here to tell you. Deshaun Watson did not practice today. Deshaun Watson did not speak to the media today either. Usually he speaks on Wednesdays. Fine. Whatever. We got a a surprised Dorian Thompson Robinson who apparently checks nothing but Instagram and TikTok. A man after my own heart. I don't play on Twitter often. I'm not really on the book of faces. I'll mess around with some TikTok, though. Instagram's not really for me, if I'm being honest about it. It was. There was a time where I was into it. I'm not as into it now. I'll go a week without checking Instagram. It's fine. It's whatever. I can go a week without checking it and be perfectly all right, though. Deshaun didn't practice. There was one thing that Kevin Stefanski had to say today that he didn't. Stefanski did not say what I believe he should have said today. I'm ready to call it, why isn't Stefanski? Like a doctor in the emergency room, let's just call this one. And I'm no doctor, I don't play one on the radio. I haven't seen Deshaun's shoulder, but the man isn't practicing on Wednesday of the week that you take on the team. That is the best in the NFL. What are we doing here? It makes absolutely zero sense to me why Stefanski didn't come out there today and say, you know what, we tried with Deshaun this week, we are John Taffer style, shutting him down, and then we'll see you hopefully against Indianapolis. P.J. Walker's our starting quarterback, we're going to move this thing forward, instead of whatever the hell it was today. So they're giving what fans false hope? False hope, is that the idea? What's the point of what happened today? Stefanski didn't want to say any more on it, said he wasn't going to speak any more on it, went through all sorts of different diatribes about P.J. Walker. What, what was the point of today? 
honestly, what the hell was the point of today? It made no sense to me. Why didn't he just come out here and for his players' sake and for our sake, but more importantly his players' sake, that were left in the blind all the week leading up to the Ravens game and then voiced their displeasure about being left in the dark to Jason Lloyd after the game, why doesn't he come out and just tell them? Tell them, listen, we made a decision. The decision is Deshaun Watson doesn't play because let's call it 80% of Deshaun Watson isn't going to be good enough to beat the 49ers. 100% of Deshaun Watson is a shaky call to beat the 49ers, but 80% of Deshaun Watson isn't going to beat that team. So let's go out there and let's, uh, you know, let's live to fight another day. Let's try to beat the Colts, the Seahawks, the Cardinals. The Pyrrhic victory, right? It's about winning the war, not necessarily the battle. I know this upsets some of you guys. I understand it. I get it. I'm thinking bigger picture here, though. And sometimes I get in trouble when I think big picture because you guys want me to treat every victory like it's the only time we're ever playing a game. Still getting heat from that take I had about week one where I just wanted them to make sure that Deshaun Watson looked great. You guys are like, oh, we got to get the win. You got to get the win. Win at all costs. Win at all costs is nice. I don't think it's worth the squeeze right here in this situation. Winning at all costs, when you got some bullets to spare, makes no sense if Deshaun Watson isn't 100%. So if your life depends on P.J. Walker winning you a football game against the 49ers, you better start picking out the flowers. I'm not saying the situation is great, but there is the idea that you have to live to fight another day. Let's win the war and not the battle here. Stefanski should have come out and said, Deshaun Watson not playing in this game this weekend. That's what he should have said. Instead, we got a little cagey. We got a little dodgy, Stefanski. But the answer to me is easy. Deshaun shouldn't be playing this weekend, and I'm not sure anyone at this point can give me or you a good reason as to why he'd be out there. If he's not practicing and it's Wednesday... He shouldn't be playing in a game where we have that type of defense to go up against. I mean, forget the defense for a second. We're going we're gonna to zero in on that and some of the offensive line problems we have and why this adds on to it. But they don't just score points. They light up the scoreboard like it's a pinball machine, and they're going for the high score. 30-plus points in every game this year. And when someone says 17-0 and for the 49ers, we all don't collectively laugh like we're hyenas. You know the old Dolphins players? That pop bubbly every time a perfect season gets ruined. They're probably telling their wives, their significant others, they don't have any plans to all meet up anytime soon. San Francisco is going to roll through the NFL right now. They are on in, I mean, they're basically going to terrorize the rest of the NFL. That's how good this offense is. But that's how good this team is as well. And we're supposed to go after them with a quarterback that isn't practicing and says he spent the bye week uh, resting as he should. The man had two years to rest. He plays three games, and now he needs multiple weeks off. Either he's got a sweet vacation plan, or I don't know. He's actually hurt. The man is actually hurt. He shouldn't be out there trying to take on a defensive line that is full of playmakers. Other side of this, our offensive line looks pretty rough right now. Chad Wills is a traffic cone. DeWan Jones is a rookie. I like him. He is a slot machine with a helmet. He's a massive human, but he's a rookie. Now we got Petonio having issues, so three out of the five have problems, and Ethan Posick just returned to practice today. So three out of five have issues. One just got back today after dealing with his own issues. White Teller is the only healthy one out of the bunch, and whoever knows if he's 100% healthy. 
It's a hard offensive line. Meanwhile, the 49ers have a dream team on their D-line right now. You got Bosa. You got Armstead. Two of them just buried Prescott. Jerry Jones held a funeral for him. You guys don't know this. Held a funeral after for Dak because he was already six feet under. Figured it was cheap enough. Might as well save the family some money. That's how buried Dak Prescott got this weekend. Their defense has four first-rounders in total. Defensive player of the year last year in Nick Bosa. Highest-paid defensive player in the game. Now, Bosa's got a harder time avoiding the like button on Twitter when he sees something problematic than he does with offensive linemen. The man is very good. 18 and a half sacks, 90 pressures last year. No big deal. Their defense destroyed the Cowboys, made fools of that offensive line. And you're like, oh, well, you know, Dallas's offensive line, it's not very good either right now, right? They're supposed to be a good offensive line. They're not very good either. Okay, their offensive line is three Pro Bowlers on their line. Smith, their center, Biotis, and Martin. Three Pro Bowlers, and they were absolutely embarrassed. And there was an article before that I was reading before the Cowboys 49ers game. I was talking about how, uh, for the first time in like, since, since like 2021, the Cowboys had their dream offensive line all in shape, ready to go. And all that happened, their dream offensive line that was now healthy with three pro bowlers across that line, some really good players, they just got buried. Meanwhile, our offensive line looks like it's put together with a bunch of like glue and sticks. We're struggling out there and we're supposed to, we're supposed to keep Deshaun Watson safe. That's supposed to be the goal? No, skip me on that one, guys. Kevin Stefanski, this was the easiest call you could ever make. None of the the vague nonsense, none of the back and forth, will he play, won't he play, we don't know what's going to happen. Call it. This is right there in front of you. Nobody would have came out and said, Stefanski, you did this man dirty because it's Wednesday. Now, we might have freaked out a little bit and said, well, they're already calling it now. Well, are we going to have him for the Indianapolis Colts game? But guess what? I'm already making these statements in my head anyway. I'm already thinking about these things to begin with. I just don't understand why he didn't come out today and make it easy on everybody. You know, I, we just saw that photo of, D, of David and Joku floating around Instagram. I, I don't know if you guys have been on Instagram in the previous hour and a half. I told you guys in this segment I like to avoid Instagram, but sometimes things get sent to me and you just can't avoid it. David Njoku posted a photo of him with his his face burned after the fire pit incident from a couple weeks ago. My goodness! Now there's a couple photos in there. I think the I think the one more recent looks much better. I just feel so badly for that man. I I, I just I want him to get better. I want him to get better. And if David Njoku can say, all right, Stefanski told me on Wednesday the game plan is simple. We're throwing PJ Walker, Texas Ranger, out there. We are not really serious. We want to be serious, but we're not really serious about this game because the 49ers are 5-0 and and one of the NFL's best. P.J. Walker, we have like a 5% chance of winning. I can take the week easy. I don't have to go crazy beating myself up. I can rest at my own peril, and if I feel like going on Sunday, then I go. But if I give myself a two-week bye when I absolutely need it, and then I can be ready to go against the Colts, that sounds pretty nice as well. All of these guys, Petonio can do a similar thing as well. Not saying we wave the white flag, but what I'm suggesting is if the players know ahead of time what their situation is, I think life gets made a lot easier for this week. I want to hear from you guys. 216-474-0092. I know you're not loving the direction I'm going with this because the direction I'm going with this suggests that you have a lousy Sunday. 
I know. That sucks. My, my Sunday's also going to suck because of it, okay? We're in this boat together. It's not going to be a pretty Sunday, even if Deshaun Watson was playing. But how about we sacrifice maybe one lousy Sunday for an awesome following Sunday after that, and the one after that, and the one after that? Maybe we have a chance against the Ravens and the Steelers. Maybe we have a chance against some of the better teams as the season moves on. The Jacksonvilles of the world. Maybe we give ourselves a chance against those teams. And maybe, just maybe, Stefanski should have came out and said, 80% of Deshaun Watson isn't good enough for this week. I know it on Wednesday since he's not practicing. We're going to call this one early. 216-474-0092. Are we at the point where we should just shut it down for Deshaun already this week? At JP, when I say you find me on Twitter, your phone calls and more. 216-474-0092. I want your thoughts on this when we come on back. It's overtime with Jonathan Pittman here with you on The Fan. I would say any injury, don't care if it's ankle, knee, shoulder, you have to be able to do your job and you have to be able to function and and be able to do all the things that are asked of you to play your position. So that's really what it is, making sure that he continues to rehab and and get to a place where he's able to do his job at a high level. With a quarterback, when you're dealing with this type of injury, you want to make sure that they're able to drive the football, make all the throws, those type of things. Kevin Savansky on Deshaun Watson. Question I have for you guys, 216-474-0092. Are we at the point where we should just shut it down for Deshaun this week? Didn't practice today. Obviously didn't speak to the media today. We'll find out more what everyone did say when Daryl Ryder joins us at 9. I just take a weight off some of the coaching staff shoulders even. This isn't, isn't just about Deshaun Watson. But it's heavily about Deshaun Watson. But the reality is, is that if Kevin Stefanski doesn't have to game plan for two different people right now, maybe he makes that game plan a little bit better for P.J. Walker. Maybe we can focus in on what his job is and, and really dial it in. And I don't know. Maybe he's doing what he did two weeks ago where he just decided to choose to game plan for Deshaun Watson and wasn't going to consider another game plan. That's a bad, it's a bad idea, by the way. Could not have been any lazier by the head ball coach. I said head ball coach for a reason. I wanted to feel like we're talking like 1950s college football there. Ah, the old head ball coach. But the reality is is that when it comes to Deshaun Watson this week, I don't see the problem in just shutting it down. And I don't see the problem in doing it sooner rather than later. I think the worst thing you can do if you're the Browns is taking yourself into Sunday where you're doing the same exercise that you went through two weeks ago where Dorian Thompson Robinson today admitted that he didn't know if he was going to be quarterbacking until 10.30 the morning of game day. How do you function that way? Just think about your life and think about how when you guys operate the best. And I know we sometimes don't take into consideration people that aren't, you know, pro bowlers. We don't take into consideration people that aren't all everything. But just think about your day-to-day. Think about when you guys get asked to do something at your work. If you get asked to, you know, deliver a a pitch for a meeting or something like that or a sales pitch or whatever you got to do that's a little bit extra, a little on top of what you normally would do, don't you want to know that ahead of time? Don't you want to be prepared for that? Don't you want to be well-rested for that? All this bakes into the idea that to give P.J. Walker an an actual chance to Sean Watson at this point of the week, if he's not practicing, we got to shut it down. And it also helps to Sean long-term. To Sean in the long-term benefit of this, it's simple. Sean gets an opportunity to try to get himself to 100%, to try to get back to as normal as he possibly can. And let's be honest about it. Just be frank about yourself here and be, be real with yourself. 
was Deshaun winning this game against the 49ers at 80%? Was Deshaun winning this game against the 49ers at 85%? Let's be generous because I'm not a doctor. I don't know what his shoulder is like. Let's say he actually can drive the football more than 10 yards like he couldn't two weeks ago. Is Deshaun beating the 49ers there? Probably not. I know we have to play the game. That's how we figure everything out. you got to play the game. You're always going to have a chance because uh, after, you know, the very famous line, after somebody blows out another team is like, uh, they drive Lambos too. Yeah, we got a lot of guys that drive Lambos on our roster. we got a defense that is one of the best in the NFL, and I'm excited to see what that defense can do against Brock Purdy. But for my money this week, the real goal is trying to figure out what they do against Brandon Ayuk, what they do against uh, Kittle and Debo and all these other players that San Francisco has. How do they look different, this defense, against Brock Purdy that Dallas didn't do? Dallas is supposed to be one of the few teams that can compete with us for best defense in the league, and they absolutely tripped over the garden hose. How do we make sure, like, that's our win. That's where our victory comes in. It's not going to come in with a scoreboard victory. The victory for the Browns against the 49ers is being the first team to limit them to not only just under 30 points, but you limit them to under 20 points, and then we know we have an elite defense moving forward. That's the win. It's not going to come on the offensive side of the ball, though, guys. That's not where the win is coming in. We're going to have to just take our our good things and, and, and uh, positives out of this game and roll with them for the next week. But ultimately, if it was up to me right now, if I was Kevin Safansky, I would have made my way to the podium. I would have, I don't know why I'm envisioning him being like a president or something where it's extremely serious. And then he gets to the podium and he's even got like one of the teleprompters in front of him. I Browns fan community. And then like addresses them as if it's like a massive deal. And then, you know, he'd just come out and say, Deshaun's not playing this week. We made the tough decision. He wasn't able to practice on Wednesday. He's not going to be able to go on Sunday. We're calling this one early. We are giving the team and the players the heads up and the knowledge to know what they need to do ahead of time. And, hey, if that means Joe Batonio doesn't play this week because he's been banged up, then maybe Joe Batonio doesn't play this week. I'm all right with that. Anybody else wants to take the week off? Because, hey, listen, you're banged up a little bit. You could use the two weeks, and then we go into the the Colts game at 100%, the Seahawks game at 100%, the Cardinals game at 100%. Then let's do it. Twitter reactions brought to you by uh, Shabin Jewelers. Good people over there at Shabin Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Ooh, T-Daz. T-Daz just threw the bomb in the center of the room and walked away. Uh, I can easily see this season unraveling. I have zero faith in any of the Haslams and what they've done with this organization. I don't know that that's fair. I can't put this at the feet of the Haslams. I refuse to put it at the feet of the Haslams. They've done everything they can as ownerships, as an ownership can in the Stefanski era. They've been extraordinarily patient. I mean, and there was a time there where I thought Jimmy Haslam, I thought his fetish in life was just firing people. I just, he just loved it. He'd leave the lights on too much in Berea. They'd be like, ah, we got to talk about that situation. Like, hey, and you're canned, gone, whatever. But I, no, I'm sorry. I, this is not on Aslam's at all, in my estimation. They put out the money. They forked over the money. They don't seem like they're meddling. Now, I'm not there every day. Maybe they are meddling, but they don't seem like they're meddling. I can't put it at the, at the feet of the Haslam's. That guy says, yeah, I don't understand it either. We live in the city of the NFL confusion and nonsense. All right. 216-474-0092. Asking if we're at the point where we should just shut it down for Deshaun this week. Adam. Got a bat lead off tonight here on the fan. Hello, Adam. 
Hey, JP. So I, I just went long-winded with your screener, and oh, sorry about that. Um, I don't apologize. I, I'm, a, I'm a state of confusion. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like almost 100% of blame of what happened two weeks ago is going after Kevin Stefanski. And for me, I don't agree with that at all. Because the the narrative is, okay, Deshaun, during that whole week of practice leading up to Baltimore, was not throwing the ball, was not practicing, okay? And if on Sunday he couldn't throw the ball 10 yards, then on Monday he probably couldn't throw the ball too, all right? And they had to know that. And that means that DTR was taking the first team reps the whole entire week, right? Including the walkthrough, including um, game planning for the first series, all of those things. DTR was the guy. So, But they didn't game plan for DTR, though. That was the problem, Adam. They didn't game plan for DTR. Okay. Well, we don't know that. We do know that. That's been uh, that's been reported. Widely reported, Adam, is that they had a 15, the script that they used, the first 15 plays, was made for Deshaun Watson. And then once it became DTR, who found out, he said today he didn't find out until 1030 on Sunday, he was the starter. They didn't change any of the play calls at all, and that's why they threw seven of the first ten throws. Like, it was not, okay. it, it, they, that's where the mistake came in, and that's where, honestly, that's where I've been hammering, hammering Stefanski for a week and a half now. Well, here's where I'm going to hammer DTR. Okay. If... You listen to these backup players all the time, and all of them say the same exact thing. How do you practice? I practice like I'm a starter, and I practice like I'm going to play. Now, you had a week with the first team practicing as a starter, and you want to tell me at 1030 on Sunday when you got the news that you were going to start, you were surprised, and then you weren't ready? How much more ready could you possibly be as a backup than getting a full week with the first-team offense. Adam, I, I'll, I'll expand on it, and I appreciate the call as always. I will, I promise, because um, i got a lot of thoughts on that, okay? And I don't need to relitigate a lot with uh, what happened with DTR. I'm ready to move on towards P.J. Walker and hoping that he relives the week he had last year beating Thomas Edward Patrick Brady and maybe repeats that performance and we get ourselves a nice W. But the reality is... Sorry, I was doing a lot of hand motions there, Michael. Like, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm like Stephen A. Smith all of a sudden. I'm, I'm pointing in every direction. I have nothing to point to, but I'm pointing in every direction. I, I'm like, uh, I'm doing like a Broadway show up here. I'm like clicking my heels, and I got like these, uh, these big waves. Jazz I thought hands. you were signaling me. I was trying to figure yeah, no. out what's going on. No, I just, I was just losing my mind for a second. It's okay. We, we have these cameras in here, the Mantis, that could easily be capturing all of this, and it is. Somewhere it is capturing all of this, and there will be a day where you will see all of this in all of its glory, and you'll be like, man, that guy's really animated, isn't he? That guy is a really animated host. All right, anyway, not to get distracted here. When it comes to DTR, what happened today was what I would like to say, this was this was damage control, okay? When it comes to Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I don't need to sugarcoat it. Adam, you don't need to sugarcoat it either. The man just was not good. That's the reality. He could have taken a million snaps ahead of time. He could have, he could have had the whole first week. And, and tried to figure it all out. How the game plan could have been directed to have him succeed. He wasn't good. It's okay. It's not his fault. He's a fifth round pick out of UCLA that spent more time in school than Van Wilder did. It's not, it's not expected for him to be the world's greatest quarterback. But he wasn't good. Here's what happened with DTR today. And here's why I'm not going to kill him. This was damage control. This was him putting out to the world that doesn't follow everything and anything and doesn't know the ins and the outs. 
That was not my fault at all. You guys saw that, right? You saw, I didn't know I was a starter until 10.30 on Sunday. I didn't know I was going to be able to do that. You know who cares? Nobody. Literally nobody. What he's doing it for is so that maybe somewhere down the line, some other team can look at his one game and say, yeah, but, and they can justify why he looks so poorly to themselves so they don't have to go through mental gymnastics and trying to explain to their GM why they want to bring DTR in. That's what he did. Damage control. But the reality is is that nobody cares. It's like when I get called in to do a show that is not this show that I didn't know I was going to get called in for, and it happens every now and again because people get sick last minute or whatever, right? Every now and then it happens where I have to do a show on a whim. I have to do a show where I get a call and I got to be there, you know, within blink of an eye and then end up doing a show. I, if I would have gone on for any of these shows and said, Oh, you guys wouldn't believe it. I was sleeping or I, I, no, here, I was taking care of my daughter and I had no idea I had to be here this many hours early, but then I got called in and I had to be here this many hours early. You know who cares? Not you guys. Not at all. What you say to yourself is just feed me sports, man. Just, just give me, give me the sports like I asked you to. It's almost make me a bicycle clown from Wedding Crashers. That's what you guys ask of me and I'm okay playing that role. I understand what I'm supposed to do. That's where I'm at with DTR. I don't care that you didn't know until 1030. I didn't care if you had any time with the first teamers. You know what I care about? I care about the results. You've been building your whole entire life up until this moment. Is it great that you got a a bad shake? Guess what? That's life. Life is filled with getting opportunities that may not be ideal and perfect and sunshine and rainbows and the best conditions in the world and all this stuff. But the good ones power through. The good ones find ways to make it work regardless. That's the reality of it all. But I want to hear from you guys. 216-474-0092. Are we at the point where we should just shut it down for Deshaun this week? Should we take that decision? Should should Kevin Savansky have come out today and said, we're not going through the hoops. We're not jumping through the hoops of all this. We are making this decision right now. We are going to give P.J. Walker the best chance to succeed by giving him the most time to go as a starter, to game plan for P.J. Walker, and Deshaun, hopefully, we'll see you against the Colts. 216-474-0092. On Twitter, there you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. Your calls, your tweets, more to come. Daryl Ryder at 9 o'clock. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on The Fan. All right, coming up in 20 minutes, our Browns insider Daryl Ryder will join us. Lead-off question to get Daryl into the groove of things. I'm going to find out if he's a believer in Bigfoot. See that story today at all? Yeah, we're going to find out. I, I, My theory on this... I think big beef jerky. I think they're they're a part of this one. You know, the Sasquatch community with the beef jerky and everything. I think it's a genius marketing ploy. I think that's all it is. We'll find out what Daryl thinks coming up in 20 minutes. Also, the latest in the Browns as well. Some of you guys are getting mad at me on here, and I understand why. You're thinking I'm blaming DTR. I'm not blaming DTR. I'm not. I understand his side of it. He's got to come out of this, and he's got to say, hey, I didn't know until 1030 this one isn't on me. The reality is, is he's been preparing his whole entire life for that game. And he bleeped the bed. I'm sorry. I, I'm in the results business of life. I know that might sound harsh for a rookie who was not set up to succeed there. I'm not saying that he was. But ultimately, nobody cares about your excuses. Nobody does. There's a reason why P.J. Walker is going to be the quarterback this week if Deshaun can't go. And that's based off of the idea that uh, DTR, you had your one opportunity, your one chance. And Eminem advised you not to blow it. And you blew it. I'm sorry. 
Now I'm going through the whole entire Eminem song, and I'm thinking to myself, is that is that actually what he advised, right? There's mom's spaghetti, there's throw-up, there's all sorts of things involved there. I think he said you got one chance, one opportunity, okay? I think that's what he said. He did say that. See him at Ford Field over the weekend, by the way? I heard he was there. Yeah. Didn't yeah. go as bad as the uh, being in the broadcast booth with Brent and Kirk, did it? Oh, that was all time. That was absolutely all time. I think he trolled them. I'm not sure. He might have just been high. I'm not I really. I'll never know. Maybe a little bit of both. Might have been both. I love the idea of going in with a game plan to troll a national broadcast, but then you just being blitzed out of your mind and not being able to execute the troll. But then it works out in your favor anyway. That's what the uh, creators of South Park did at an award show. Um, I forget whichever one. It- Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Yeah. It showed up on a bunch of hallucinogens and wore uh, female clothing. That's great. Uh, I'm not a big South Park guy. I was always Simpsons growing up. You're, I, I have the theory that you're either Simpsons or South Park as a kid. Some some people are both, but I think you, you, you knew which kid you were. You're either deep down a South Park kid or a Simpsons kid. I was always a Simpsons kid, but basketball, I think, is one of the better movies of my life. I love that movie. That's so good, and they're so genius for making that. The freak out. It's all, every bit of it. Every bit of that movie is so awesome. Does it hold up today? Not really. Not really, but it's a great movie. It so holds good. up better than Team America. That's true. That movie, uh, at the time, a lot of people really enjoyed. I was not the biggest fan. Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah. Two one six four seven four triple one ninety two. It's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, at JP on Twitter, JT in Hudson up next. Hello, JT. Hey, uh, by the way, I totally agree with you on the movies, but I have to disagree with you on DTR and the offense. I, I don't understand how. The media in this town, you, you put the game on a guy that was playing college football last year and your head coach didn't change the game plan? No, no, no. I, I nailed, I mean, I nailed Stefanski doing? for that. No, no, what no. What are we doing? JT, I'm right there with you. A lot of that weighs at the feet of Stefanski. I just didn't care to hear the excuses. I, I, like, I understand why DTR made the excuse today. It's the right call for him. Ultimately, I don't think you or I should care about that, though. We don't care. We just want results. Well, if you if you're looking for results, let's look at our head coaches, who is also our offensive coordinator. And as an offensive coordinator, he stinks. Those are the, that's the hard facts. Not getting an argument against that from me. And thank you, JT. I appreciate you, man. I, I, how do I argue against that right now? How do I argue against that? Coming from someone that I I like to defend Stefanski, I have not been able to defend him in a couple weeks easily. In fact, I'll hammer him a little bit later on in the program as well. He's a very hard defense right now, that Kevin Stefanski is. 216-474-092. Josh in Florida, listening on the Odyssey app today. Hello, Josh. Hey, I just know one thing. Shaquille O'Neal made all his money in uh, LSU, not with the Lakers. I just, you know. Oh, that's a basketball reference. Oh, man. Come on. I knew it had to have been something, and it just went right over my head. That's a bad job by me, Josh. It's a bad job by me. Yeah, it's all right. I could have delivered it better, but it's all, um, <laughs> but that's what good that's what good teammates do. You know what I mean? They take accountability. They don't put it all on one person's shoulder, <laughs> and we don't have people pointing fingers. And you know, oh, I got here's my first 15 plays, and uh, if it doesn't work out, we're screwed. Like that is what we constantly deal with. And I've, I'm done bashing Stefanski because I've had my opinion of him since 2021. We're sticking with him because the Haslam's want to show that they're no longer this dysfunctional organization. But yet we still get tea leaves. We still get these little rumblings, Jason Lloyd's dropping bombs. And when is enough is enough? I agree with you. Big picture. Rest is Sean. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But when are we going to get heart on this team? 
Like, when is, when is that going to happen? Like, we need a culture setter. And, like, seems like we may have that on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. But you saw what happened in that Ravens game. If the first 15 plays aren't going to work out, the San Francisco 49ers are going to eat us a lot. And the defense, there's nothing they can do about that. They're on the field all freaking day. All right? So my opinion at this point, just from here on out, I'm not going to freak out anymore. I'm not going to call for people's jobs. But it's time to, like, stop being this Kool-Aid drinker Browns fan and calling out people who don't want to drink the Kool-Aid and saying that they're bad Browns fans. I'm not a bad Browns fan because I still put – I'm not a bad Browns fan. I still put myself out there every week with this misery. And the first time ever in my life – I didn't scream during a Browns game. was during the Ravens game. I did not even yell at the TV screen once because I knew how it was going to work out. And miscommunication after miscommunication, we got – our GM putting his foot in his mouth. You got his coach putting his foot in his mouth. Like, it's just, when is enough is enough? When are we finally going to just, just, it's any given Sunday. When are we just going to go out there and punch another team in the mouth? That's what I want. I, I don't see it in this team, and I don't know why, but we spent all this money, and it just seems like there's no heart, Peter Lynn. There's no heart. Josh, thank you, man. Strong call. I appreciate you as always. Uh, he, listen, how do I tell him he's wrong? How do I tell him he's wrong? I think he was right in that I, I thought we saw that with the defense for a couple weeks. And then you had that Ravens game. And uh, listen, I have not weighed that at the feet of the defense, mainly because offense wasn't on the field enough. The defense was gassed. I, I, I Honestly, it's why I can't wait to see what happens in this 49ers game. It's not necessarily an offense, our offense versus their great defense that I'm concerned about because, let's be honest, P.J. Walker is not going to light up the scoreboard. But I am curious to see how our defense does against Brock Purdy, who has... He's undefeated in the regular season, highest passer rating and QBR in the league this year, would have been the highest last year if he qualified. Curious to see what they can do against that. But the question I'm asking you guys, 216474-92, are we at the point where we should just shut it down for Deshaun this week? Should Stefanski have come out today and said, I'm shutting it down, we are not going with Deshaun on Sunday, don't even worry about it? Jeff and Lakewood up next. Hello, Jeff. What's going on, man? What's up, Jeff? Great job, great job, man. The gentleman last this uh spoke was uh real man you get mm-hmm. sometimes man you just be saying man what are we doing man you know what i'm saying it's just i put up a stat last week man you know the last 50 years man i'm 62 years old and i really believe my heart man i know i ain't gonna see the brown in no super bowl man it's just Aww. i just believe that i'm just believe that in my heart man I've been brown. jeff you got 30 more years easy i've been following brown since 75 they got one playoff win in, in the 70s, five in the 80s, one in the 90s, two in the turn of the century. In the last 40 or 50 years, man, Jeez. this team has not delivered. Yeah. They has not delivered, man. It's just like dude said, man, it just – and the fans out there my age, in their 50s and 60s, man, deep down in your soul, man, you know, we, we got some feeling in our soul, man. It just ain't going to happen, man. It's just too many red flags. Like you said earlier with the DPR and the coach, I ain't worried about the coach no more. You got to get to the root of the problem. Jimmy Haslam, Dee Podesta, them the one brought that <laughs> brought that dude in. You know what I'm saying? Well, Dee Podesta. His days is numbered. His days is numbered. That's interesting. There's no way. Huh? That's interesting. And thank you, Jeff. I appreciate you, man. Uh, ah, sorry to cut you off. I appreciate your passion as well. Dee Podesta is interesting because he was the talk of the off season. And really, he's the only constant not named Jimmy Haslam in the, pre- in the previous seven years. And we have not brought him up in this entire stretch at all. I think we were waiting until the season's end to see how this all unfolded, because we don't know what he does. 
We don't know what he does. That's the reality with him. We don't know what he does. I don't know if he spends his time uh, filling up the Gatorade coolers or if he's actually doing work back there. You talk to anybody around Berea, they tell you he's a genius, though. They tell you he's real sharp, and the Browns are lucky to have him. But he's the only constant. Him and the Haslam's the only constants in the, in the previous seven years from a front office perspective that actually makes real big-time decisions. We're talking about big-time people around the Browns. John in Cleveland up next. Hello, John. Hey, how's it going, man? What's up, John? Hey, you know, this injury that Deshaun has, what, what is it really? Is this a contusion or something like that? Yeah, yeah. It's a, is is yeah. that more like a bruise or something like that on the shoulder? Rotator cup? It's not a tear, right? No, it's not a tear, but it's a little bit more serious than that. So uh, Mary Kay Cabot talked to somebody that specializes in this, and her doctor that specializes in it told her. All right. I dumped it. I dumped it. Why? It's better for your ears that I dumped it. I think it's better for everybody involved that I dumped it. Man, we dumped it. John went there. Oh, boy, did John go there, though. My goodness. Well, Daryl Ryder go there. I want his opinion on Bigfoot. I also want to know whether or not he thinks I'm wild and crazy for saying, not that I expected Stefanski to say that Deshaun shouldn't play on Sunday, and we're going to go ahead and call it this early. But I want to know if he thinks I'm crazy that I wanted Stefanski to make the call this early in the week. Daryl Ryder joins us next right here on The Fan.